At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Happy Friday, folks. Welcome to it. It is time for another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. You can always follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke 5. And of course, it is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we're broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, with tons to cover throughout the next 60 minutes. We've got Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals. We've got some baseball action, and we've got a look ahead to some great fights tomorrow with UFC Fight Night. Reed Kuhn will be joining us. Uh, really just great outlook in terms of betting MMA, right? He looks at the analytical perspective and just kind of a different thought process in terms of betting it. So 30 minutes from now, Reed will be joining us. Very much looking forward to that. And then uh, if we got some time, we'll squeeze in maybe a little bit further of a look ahead into the UFC for 276. We'll see if he's got any early picks for that main event. And then before that, well, we'll get deeper into Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals with our guy Nick Alberga, NHL betting analyst, fantasy analyst. The man does it all when it comes to the puck. Hopefully it's not the last time we talk to Nick because, of course, the more hockey, the better for us. But uh, it's not looking too great for Tampa. But we will see what side Nick is leaning toward. And then at the end of the show, I'll share more of my thoughts for Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals, what my ultimate decision ended up being in terms of our pre-series bet with over five and a half games, if I'm going to look to hedge in a sense or not, and really just what I think is going to go down. And that one prop that stood out to me that I think could be worth an approach. But speaking of some games or really just betting angles that we might be looking into tonight, let's go ahead and jump into it in terms of baseball because this is really going to be our primary segment for talking about the diamond tonight. And I want to zone in on this Cubs and Cardinals game because, well, at least the Cubs have been consistent, even though it's in the wrong way. At least they've been reliable in the sense that you can fade them more often than not. Granted, we did make a bet on them and they won when Keegan Thompson was pitching, but that was kind of an outlier. I don't think it's an outlier tonight. Not when Kyle Hendricks is on the mound and not when the Cubs are going on the road to Bush Stadium against a hot Cardinals offense. Let's look into this game as we currently do see the Cardinals up to a minus 167 favorite at the Bet River Sportsbook. The Cubbies on the other side catching plus 143. Total for this spot, currently it's at 9. Not too much movement one way or the other. The over showing minus 110. The under minus 108. If you want to look at the run line, it's plus 120 for the Cardinals to cover a run in the hook. If you want to take the run in the hook with the Cubbies, it's minus a buck 43. 
Now, this thing actually opened up at about minus 161, so there's only been minimal movement, but it has gone toward the home favorite in St. Louis. Can't argue against that, to be quite honest with you, because, well, look, the Cubs just lost, what, three out of four games against the Pirates. Now, the Cardinals just split a four-game set at Milwaukee, but we just know that the Cardinals are the better team. They showed that in the five-game set that they had at Wrigley. But really the big reason why I'm not too infatuated with the Cubs in this game is because of the pitching situation with Kyle Hendricks. Yes, the professor is not pitching like the professor. Uh, he's 2-6 and six this year with a 5.43 ERA, a 5.19 FIP, a 14.3% home run to fly ball ratio, and a 464 Sierra. All those numbers indicating that, yeah, his ERA of 5.43, that's the real deal. It doesn't get much better than that. He's got a whip that's below average 135. Now, you may think his numbers aren't great overall, but what comes even worse for Hendricks is how he performs on the road. Compared to at home, and I'm not saying he's great at home, but he's been kind of getting a couple of good outings here and there at the friendly confines but on the road overall he's got a 581 ERA a 367 weighted on base average and a 575 FIP considerably worse on the road is Kyle Hendricks now he did pitch decent against the Cardinals last season but it's a new look Cardinals team not a complete overhaul but just kind of new mojo all around an offense that's hitting at the right time that they're seeing Hendricks if you're looking at the side of St. Louis so I'm not really envisioning this being a top game or top performance out of Kyle Hendricks tonight now Andre Pallante is going to be taking the bump for the Cardinals he's a righty he's only started three games he's been in that converted reliever to starter type of role but his numbers overall post as two and two a 169 ERA a 402 FIP, 12.5% home run to fly ball ratio, a 398 Sierra, 134 whip. So nothing to write home about with Pallante, but not as concerning maybe as you've seen with Hendricks. And he did go four innings against the Cubs, only allowed four hits and one earned run this year. Got two strikeouts and forced eight grounders. So that's big out of Pallante, what he was able to do against the Cubs. And he has been pitching a tad better at home at Bush Stadium. Now, looking at the batting splits for this game, can the Cubs take advantage of Pilate? Well, against a righty, the Cubs have been okay. 709 OPS, 300 flat with their BABIP, 313 Woba, and a 99 WRC+. So this team can hit them. It's can they close out games? We know the answer to that. The Cardinals against righties are a pretty solid squad when it comes to hitting them, but they get even better when they're hitting against righties at home, where there they got a 724 OPS, a 281 BABIP, a 318 weighted on base average, and a 112 WRC+. So I'm looking at this game thinking there could be a decent amount of runs. And you did see this total move a little bit to the over, but it's been pretty steady ever since. Now, Bush Stadium, not the best ballpark to getting a lot of runs, but when you're going against Kyle Hendricks and you got an offense that St. Louis presents, yeah, you may see a decent amount. Now, the Cubs should be able to take advantage, you would think, but do you really want to invest on trusting this Cubs offense that is so wishy-washy? The answer is probably no. So what can you do instead? Because, yes, I do think the Cardinals win this game, but I'm not necessarily eager to rush to lay minus 167 to bet it. Yeah, I'd probably look at the run line plus 120, but I don't put that much stock into Pallante. So where does that take us? I want to go with the Cardinals, but in what kind of area? Well, how about the team total runs? Four and a half is the number that you can look at for the Cardinals in the least amount of juice I saw in the over in Illinois was minus 115. So I pulled the trigger on that. I'm banking on the Cardinals to get at least five runs in this game. You think they can tack on enough against Hendricks? We have seen him be incredibly vulnerable in these type of spots just in general, especially with teams that are familiar with him this year, and we know how poor he can be on the road. Now, even if uh, Kyle Hendricks has a serviceable outing, right, maybe he only gives up a couple or a few, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is if you are taking the over four and a half for the Cardinals team total, the good spot is that you still get to see this Cubs bullpen that features one of the worst ERAs in baseball, currently at 4.70, and then they got a whip of 1.34. Since May 30th, in 14 wins, the Cardinals have gone over four and a half runs in 11 out of 14 games. I think they win. The stats have shown that they go over four and a half when they do as of late. And in the five-game series that they just had at Chicago, they went over four and a half runs in four out of those five games. 
I think the same thing persists here, and that's going to be offensive dominance, at least enough to get over four and a half. So I'm going with the Cardinals to get five runs at least at minus 115. So the technical bet, team total over four and a half runs for the Cardinals, minus 115. Sorry, Kyle Hendricks. Sorry, Cubs fans. It's just not looking great right now. You all know this. Let's try to take advantage of it. Let's look at the other Chicago team. Home game tonight for the White Sox. Looking to bounce back from that 4-0 loss against Baltimore last night. Not an ideal start to a new series. Maybe they could turn things around tonight. Michael Kopech going to be starting for the Southsiders. 2-3 is his record. 238 is ERA. He's got a 349 FIP, so not too shabby overall for Kopech. What may scare you a little bit, cause some trepidation, is his skill interactive ERA. 4.38 is the number listed. Now, I think you could kind of hold that off, tuck it away just for tonight for a couple reasons. One, he's doing a lot better at home. At guaranteed rate field, Kopech's got an ERA of 1.57, a 158 Woba, and a 278 FIP. So he's done a lot better at home. I feel like his Sierra has more of an impact based on the struggles he's had on the road. And he is coming off his worst outing, and in relative terms, this isn't bad, but for him it is. Seven hits, four earned runs, where they lost 4-3 at Houston. Houston's got a considerably better offense than Baltimore does, especially when it comes to hitting righties. We talked about this yesterday, but the Orioles not that great against hitting righties. And Kopech's really limited his home runs this year. He's got a 5.3% home run to fly ball ratio and a 0.99 whip. So let's put aside that Sierra just for this game tonight. All right, not for the long term, but if we can contain it, just tuck it away for tonight, I think you can rely on Michael Kopech this evening. Now, for the Orioles, it looks like it may be a bullpen type of game. Last I checked, Austin Voth was going to be taking the bump. He's only started one game this year, but overall, as a reliever and starter, he's got an 839 ERA, a 471 FIP, a 17% home run to fly ball ratio, a BABIP of 446, that's terrible, and a 203 whip, also terrible. His numbers get even worse on the road, 10.66 ERA, 440 weighted on base average. So look, what I'm getting to here is that this is a game the White Sox should win. Once again, you're kind of stuck in a spot where you go, well, do I want to lay minus 167 with the White Sox? Your answer is probably no. And I'm not that in love with the run line either, although I would think that would be the correct play. I mean, first of all, it's only plus 115. And second of all, you got to trust this White Sox bullpen, which I just don't want to do right now. So honestly, the top play, aside from just maybe the money line, if you got around minus 160 if you shopped around, would probably be a first five approach with the White Sox. Now, I know they're going to be incredibly steep on the money line. So in that case, you'd have to look at the run line, meaning the lead after five innings. And I think you could get that around minus 130, minus 135. And if you really want to get invested in this White Sox game, that would probably be my top approach to it. But I'm not going to touch anything with the White Sox and Orioles, although I do think it's a game they should absolutely win tonight with Kopech on the mound. But like I said, my official play tonight in baseball, we're fading Hendricks and the Cubs bullpen. We're going with the Cardinals team total over four and a half. Yes, I know it's gross Cubs fans to back anything when it comes to St. Louis, but how can you trust these Cubs right now? You can't. So Cardinals team total over four and a half at minus 115, and then we'll get plenty more action coming. Don't worry. We're going to take a quick break here, but coming next, Nick Alberga, NHL betting analyst. He'll tell us props, leans, all those good things when it comes to betting game five of the Stanley Cup, and then I'll give you a play for the Stanley Cup at the end of the show, but we're getting the expert opinions next. That being Nick Alberga right here on Rush Hour. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard, and then on I'm top not of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local team, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you will be set up with multiple episodes a week along with great local sports betting content. All right, it is time for one of our favorite segments because we get to talk to one of our favorite pals on the show, being Nick Alberga. But it's a little bittersweet because it feels like this may be the last time we talk to Nick for quite some time. The way this series is turning out, time to preview Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Nick Alberga, ladies and gentlemen, at the Golden Muzzy, where you can follow him on Twitter. Nick, ah, man, I mean, unless you got anything positive to say about the underdog, I just feel like Colorado's the right side here. And, you know, I'll share my two cents later in the show, but the betting market's telling you that Colorado seems to have it squared up. They're minus 186. Total we still see at six, by the way. But what are you out here to tell everybody for how game five is going to go down, my friend? Well, I'm uh, I'm feeling great. Great to be with you once again. I won't have to hear from producer Steph after tonight until like three months <laughs> from now, which is always fantastic. Love her, but it's been a grind the last couple months for certain. Yeah, like I, I'm echoing your sentiments. Um, I, I just think you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, the body of work the last two and a half years. I, I just, the fact that Tampa, I felt, probably played as good a game they could against Colorado in game four, and I know there's controversy wrapped around it, and then they still lost. It just leads me to believe that Colorado is due for one of their better games. They've scored 23 goals over the last four home games. They're on home ice with a chance to win the Stanley Cup for the first time since 2001. Everything is aligning in favor of the Avalanche. Having said that, again, you have to give props. The heart of a champion in Tampa, like, would I be shocked at all if Tampa finds a way to win this game? Probably not. I just, all day, similar to you, I've just been in favor of Colorado finally getting this thing done. Yeah, and now that this price is up to minus 186, Nick, I feel like, and if you find laying that, so be it to each their own, and I've certainly laid a decent amount in hockey before, but if you're looking for a cheaper price, would you offer the puck line? Do you think that's a viable option at plus 140 or even to take it a step further for a little bit more security? The 60-minute line, the win in regulation, I saw that at about minus 108. Yeah, that's probably the proper play. Like, the money line just makes no sense. I had a look earlier today. You know, I I took a flyer on the three-way. I still didn't like the value, to be quite honest about it, considering we've seen two overtimes so far in this series already, but so be it. I think if you're looking for that value and you think, you know, you're you're feeling strongly about Colorado, it's going to be the puck line with the mentality that, hey, if, if Colorado's up by a goal with, like, you know, or up by a couple goals. I mean, the lead, the lead, I should say, could expand 
favorably in favor of Colorado because the season's on the line for Tampa. So it is a good angle, I think, if you're looking for maybe offense, looking at the over six, but more so the puck line because the possibility will certainly be there, especially if the Avalanche are up in this game, score an empty netter or two. Yeah, have you gotten involved with this total at all? I, I personally haven't bet it, but I've certainly yeah. had my feelings about it. And really the strong sentiment I had were two games. That was game three, and I was like, all right, I think if there's going to be a game that goes under, it's this one. Went over. Then in game four, I was like, how do you bet the under? I would only bet the yeah. over. Stayed under. So what do you think happens here with the total? You think it could be higher scoring? So I have a bitter taste in my mouth because game one, two, and three, I was on the over. It hit, as we know. And then game four... Get some bad luck. Certainly, I think the fact that Tampa scores 30 seconds into game four, had the over one and a half in the first <laughs> period, and then nobody scores for the rest oh. of the frame. Um, I'm inclined to think again, and I hate to say this because I'm a big fan of the over. Who likes cheering for the under? But I think I could look at the under again tonight because I think if Colorado grabs a lead or something like that, they're going to try to hold on for dear life and win a Stanley mm -hmm. Cup. And then conversely, you look at Tampa, if they grab a lead, they're just going to shut things down the way they have at bits and pieces throughout this series. But again, I don't feel confident enough personally to bet on the uh, on the total tonight because of everything we just talked about. Like, let's say Colorado goes up, Tampa's going to have to pull their goalie and you could see some goals go in, you know, a couple go in there. So I'd probably stay away from the uh, the total tonight. All right. Well, when you get into big games like this, typically you have your superstars rise up. Do you think the yeah. same is going to happen with Nathan McKinnon? Can we expect maybe him and his prop shots on goal to go over or anytime goal score? How can we expect him to get involved in the game this evening? Yeah, my now famous saying, he is horny for Sogs. I know producer Steph loves when I bring that up. We're getting shirts <laughs> made, by the way. But I, I, I'm all over Nathan McKinnon again. <laughs> He had eight shots on goal last game, seven in the second period. I know I was feeling down after the first, and then McKinnon came out. It's like he, it was piped into the dressing room. Nick Alberga thinks you're horny for socks. The next thing you know, boom. So I, I'm always in favor over four and a half at least for Nathan McKinnon. I think once again, he's going to be motivated. I think you look at the shot volume as well. I mean, it's been there all season long. The fact that he has one goal on 22 shots so far in this series suggests he is overly due to score a real goal. I know he scores last game, but it was kind of ugly. So I, I actually have McKinnon anytime goal as well tonight at plus 180. So I'm looking at that and I'm looking at the shots on goal prop again too. All right, then what about Victor Hedman? Does this guy bring any interest to you for his shots on goal tonight? At Bet Rivers, we're seeing two in the hook over about minus 155. You think over is the right play there? Yeah, I'm on that as well. I, I think certainly as the series goes on, and we know the storyline right now, Tampa's really, really banged up. They're calling Braden Point a game-time decision. I don't buy it. Anthony Sorello, uh, Sorelli, excuse me, ditto for him. They're just, like, barely getting to that finish line. And I think, you know, from a Tampa perspective, Hedman has really elevated since game one, especially from a shooting-the-puck type of mentality. He's got 13 shots on goal in the last three games. He had seven uh, you know, back in game four of this series. And I expect that to continue tonight. Like, let's make no mistake about it. While we feel strongly about Colorado, rest assured Tampa will come to play in this game. They could ultimately come up short, but I think their big boys will show up in a big way tonight. And then it looks like you got a little bit of interest with Miko Rotten tonight. Uh, what do you think we can expect out of him? Yeah, I've been feeling really, really good about this prop. And I'm just sort of, you know, the, the better that keeps going back to the well until a number tells me otherwise. And I just think you look at the body of work of Miko Rantanen, eight assists through the first four games of this series. In fact, he's picked up at least a point in 13 of the last 14 playoff games. Now, ultimately, all the conversation is about Kale McCarr. We just saw the number when it comes to, um, you know, potential Consmith winners. I think minus 590 is the number I just saw when it came to Kale McCarr. Like, there's just no value there, but I think you look at the body of work of Ranton and people are sleeping on him and that continues. And the fact that he has eight points, all assists in the first four games of the series. So certainly, you know, plus 1150, I'm not laying that when it comes to Miko Rantanen, but certainly I think McCarr is going to win the Con Smythe, but I'm all over the assist prop tonight again, over 0.5 assists for Miko Rantanen. All right, Nick, is there a reason why he shouldn't bet Nichushkin over two and a half shots on goal no. at minus 150? He's averaging four per game. He's gone over it three out of four games. And uh, at home this postseason, he's gone over it in eight out of nine games. It's one of those spots where it's like it seems too good to be true. And the moment I bet it officially, like, then he's going <laughs> to stay under it. But, like, I, how is this not adjusted to, like, three and a half? 
No, you're right. And that was actually one of the prop bets I was looking at tonight. The platform I'm on didn't offer two and a half. I think if it was two and a half, I'd be all over it because I think you're spot on. Like this has been a trend for a while. Similar to Anthony Sorelli in the over one and a half shots on goal, which is hit in nine of 11, by the way. And we'll see if he plays tonight. But I think you look at the body of work of Val Nachushkin. I, I look more at the assignment. And as long as he continues to play in the top six, I understand Nazem Kadri's back in the mix. Um, I, I just look at Nachushkin, the fact that he's in a contract here. He looks like a motivated player. And again, I think Colorado's going to be hungry to wrap things up. Like, the, you know, the best case scenario when winning a Stanley Cup is obviously winning it in front of your family and friends. You have a chance here at Ball Arena, a place you've dominated throughout the season. I think Colorado's going to be extremely motivated tonight. Is there any chance in any scenario that there's someone else besides Kale McCard to win the Smythe Trophy, assuming that the Avalanche win this game? Can McKinnon somehow sneak in there and get it? No, no. I'm sorry. Like, I just even, you know, I have a bone to pick when it came to the Norris debate. Roman Yossi was robbed, in my opinion. We love that sexy toy. With all due respect to everybody else who's played good here in the Stanley Cup playoffs, Kale McCarr is just above and beyond. And I think from the beginning to now, he's been the best Avalanche player and will be rewarded. So, so I mean, he wins the Norris Trophy. Make of that what you will. But I think he's been the best player since the beginning, and I think he's worthy. Um, I just think you look at... You know, let's say this series goes seven and, and Colorado ends up losing. I think maybe you look at Kucherov or Vasilevsky, but I think it's very, very strong. And certainly you look at the odds that Kale McCarr is going to walk away here with the Consmite Trophy. Well, Nick, if this is the last time we talk for a couple months, <laughs> we appreciate all the work and time you've put in here and all the other shows at VEASAN and enjoy the time off. But, hey, get ready to pick it right back up next year because we can't wait, my friend. You know what, Danny? I'm going to sit on the couch tonight, drink some vodka sodas, and enjoy some Stanley Cup playoff action. So I appreciate the time, as always. Beautiful. You got it. Not much better than that. Nick Elberga, folks, make sure you follow him on Twitter, at the Golden Muzzy NHL betting analyst. He's got you covered every which way in terms of betting the puck and analyzing it. Love talking to our guy, Nick. All righty. Well, coming up next on Rush Hour, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We'll go to the Octagon. We got UFC Fight Night. Reed Kuhn going to be joining us. His top plays for Saturday. And what about 267 next week, the main event? Early picks? Yeah, perhaps. Reed will join us to dish those out next here on Rush Hour. And then after that, we'll get a little bit more so back into hockey. But plenty more still to come here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here, and for only $19, you get everything VSIN has to offer from right now to the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VEASAN's daily best bets, which includes Adam Burke's daily Major League Baseball plays, along with NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. And if you want the full VEASAN experience, which along with all of that features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $19 and you can be a subscriber through July 31st. So make sure you sign up now at VSIN.com slash summer. Okay, we are back here on Rush Hour. Thank you for being with us here on the VEASAN, or VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, pardon me. But hey, uh, we've talked some hockey. We have talked some baseball. Why not switch it up a little bit? Let's get into the octagon. We got to bring on Reed Kuhn here at Fightnomics, where you could follow him on Twitter. MMA Insider looks at it from the analytical perspective. We had him on about a month or two ago, and the dude just absolutely crushed it, as he typically does. So we're really excited to see what he's got for us for fight night. And, Reed, we might as well get kicked off with some of these events. Uh, Surukian taking on Gamrot here, and Surukian is a pretty big favorite. About minus 286 in this spot we're seeing Reed and Gamrot about plus 225. Any value in the underdog you see here for this lightweight bout or is it chalk all the way for you? First of all, good for you. You actually nailed that. That was that was a mouthful of names. I'm um, shocked. But yeah, this, yeah, <laughs> this main event, uh, it's interesting. They're putting two grapplers as a main event on big ESPN. When you see the UFC going on to big ESPN, you think two things. One of it, you know, one, it's the off season. Granted, big sports have just finished up. Uh, or they've got some up-and-comer stars. So these guys are very talented, but they are 
basically grapplers. And if you've watched MMA long enough, chances are you've had a fight where you saw two grapplers and you thought this is going to be a chess match on the ground. And instead, it sort of cancels each other out and the two just duke it out for five minutes um, or even five rounds in this case. It's a main event. So I actually am not sure where this fight goes. But you asked about value on the underdog. I actually do think there is value on the underdog. I think the price has gotten a little too far. I think Gamrot is a power puncher. He's a counter puncher. So Sarukian is going to be pumping that jab, very high volume. He likes to fight busy, and he's fighting against someone who actually prefers to counter, wait for his opponent to initiate, and crack him back. And so Gamrot is going to have his moments, um, and who knows who's going to have the better grappling here. I think both guys are solid, but they're going to be in open water, and Gamrot is dangerous. So at, at this kind of plus money, I see value on the dog. All right, that's what we like to hear. Some good plus money potentially with Gamrot. That's the first angle we're checking out. And what about this next bout, the heavyweight one with Parisian and then uh, Badeau here? And look, uh, it's kind of close to a pick -em, depending on where you shot. But uh, Badeau seems to be the slight chalk here, minus 121, minus 106 on the side of Josh Parisian. Uh, what are we thinking for this fight then? Yeah, both heavyweights here are relatively new, and I usually wait till someone is in the UFC for three fights at least. And so both these guys barely meet that minimum threshold. So this is an opportunity for me to collect some more data. But I do have Aline here, and when you look at it on paper, these guys are very evenly matched. You know, similar size and age. Um, they're both pretty effective strikers offensively, and they also both have bad defense uh, in terms of head strike. So if you're looking for two heavyweights who are probably going to find each other's chin, this is a good situation. And in that situation, it's heavyweights. It takes one punch to end this fight. So I'm going to take the plus money in this situation. I'm going to take Josh Parisian for an upset. Now, it's not a, a super confident pick because, again, it's limited data. But you have two big guys who don't play defense. Someone's going to get rocked. Okay. Looking at that angle, I like that. I like it. And then this one, I think... Uh, this one may be a little bit of a different thought process, it seems. A lot of people I've talked to do like the favorite here with Moises, about minus 265 in the lightweight bout. Uh, Giago's about plus 205. Do you think this is one to where instead you'd maybe consider the favorite in this spot? Yes, I am supporting Moises here. I've supported him a lot of times, um, usually as an underdog, and that's paid off a few times. And then yet inexplicably, he has kind of a bad outing even as a favorite so a little bit of a frustrating fighter to watch. Um, in this matchup, we have two very willing grapplers, so similar to the main event. Um, but I, I think this one actually will go to the ground. I think there will be transitions and scrambles, and Moises does excel there. He has been in the cage with some very elite talent, and so I think that's going to help him here. And he's also got a more aggressive submission game. So should they spend a lot of time on the ground, he's going to be the one working for angles, looking for chokes looking for limbs, whereas Giagos is more of a, a controlling grappler, you know, not as dangerous with submissions. So I think that's enough for me to lean Moises here. I also think there's some value on the under or inside the distance. Okay, and if you're someone out there maybe who's looking at this, and to each their own, but say someone's like, all right, eh, I want to go with Moises, but I don't want to lay minus 265. Is there a specific bet in terms of how this fight can finish that you would recommend betting on him? Yeah, I think because we are expecting a finish, um, or at least we see a lot of finishing potential, I would go with Moises by submission as a specific prop. I'm not sure what the line is on that, um, but you're certainly not going to have to pay minus 250 like you would supporting the side. Awesome. All righty. Well, how about this next spot then? We got the welterweight bout with Rachmanov, who's a big favorite here at Bet Rivers, minus 480, going against Magny, who's about plus 340. I know a lot of people would like to cash that plus 340 ticket if it were to come through, but is there a realistic chance that could come to fruition, or are you thinking that Rachmanov is the rightful favorite? I, I think Rachmanov is the rightful favorite, but I say that as someone who has made some nice money on Magny as a dog over many years. And I think anybody who's been following this sport knows that Neil Magny was underrated for a long time. And he was a grinder, and his grappling and endurance got him through. Um, I, I think in this case, he's fighting a much younger, much more dangerous fighter. Again, we don't have a ton of data on this guy. This guy's relatively new. But so far, his statistics are very, very frightening. He is very accurate with his hands. It did not take him a lot of strikes to put someone down. 
and he does have a decent wrestling base. And so, it, you know, those all just stack up on the side of the favorite. So I'm not really pulling underdog here. And I got to say that with the utmost respect for Neil Magny because the man has made me some money. Now, I think you bring up a really valuable point. Maybe the sample size for Rachmanov isn't the biggest as you'd like it to be, but there's enough there to put some validation toward him. Is that something to where you personally, with your handicapping process, you almost have a set number of fights you want someone to have before you go all in on them? Or is it more of an eye test and still looking at those stats and going, all right, every situation is unique. This guy seems more ready in the small amount based on or compared to someone else who may have more, but you're still a little bit uncertain with those numbers. Yeah, I, I require both fighters to have a minimum of three fights, and otherwise I really won't even look at the matchup. Occasionally we have a rare situation where someone gets a title shot and they've only had one or two fights, uh, and that makes it difficult because I can't really have a strong opinion on those. Um, but yeah, you, you got to weigh that into the situation. If, if someone has been just tearing through competition in 60 seconds each, three fights might only add up to a few minutes, and that's a risky position to be in because those performance metrics are going to be highly skewed. So you do have to take that into account. All right, let's take another look before we kind of move on to next weekend for tomorrow. Kelleher taking on Bautista. So Mario Bautista here now up to minus 177 at Bet Rivers and Kelleher about plus 140. What are we thinking for this fight? You know, I, I think it's just going to be a lot closer than the the line says. I mean, if you have Batista as a clear favorite, he's not a runaway favorite by any stretch. Um, but I think there's value in just assuming that this is going to be a very close call. I expect this to go to the cards and maybe even a split decision. Now, my ever so slight lean is with Batista as the favorite. So I don't know at what price I'm going to pull on an underdog. But my bigger play here is that this is going to go 15 minutes. I think these guys are very evenly matched. Oh, okay. I like that. Well, let's go ahead, skip to UFC 276, the big one, the main event. We see Adesanya up to minus 385. You think he can keep going on cruise control after that fight? You know, when those prices get that high, you do have to question. Um, but he has also been facing elite talent during that period of time. So when I think about his performance metrics, um, he earned them against the best. And that's the thing about guys like Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, they're continuously facing the most dangerous talent. So when the numbers actually say, yes, he is a justified favorite, even at that price, I got to believe it because, you know, Cannoneer is not coming in with the same level of strength of schedule that Israel Adesanya has faced. So I am going to be backing the champ uh, and still. And honestly, I think it doesn't go five rounds. I think you have two very heavy hitters, and Israel Adesanya is one of the slickest strikers we've seen since Anderson Silva. I think eventually he finds the chin. Uh, but Kenny, yeah, he hits hard. I just don't think he's going to find it. Man, looking forward to it. A couple great weekends coming ahead in terms of the UFC, and we appreciate you making some time, Reed. Thank you for all the analysis and the picks, and uh, we're hoping we can cash some of them. So best of luck, my friend. And to you. Thank you, Reed Kuhn, everybody, at Fightnomics, where you can follow him on Twitter. One of the best minds in terms of handicapping throughout the octagon. Always look forward to our conversations with Reed. We do got one more segment to have a conversation in terms of the Stanley Cup. Could it be the last game of hockey this year? Uh, we'll discuss that. How are we hedging our original pick? I'll tell you next right here on Rush Hour. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. 
Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're cheering on Tampa Bay or Colorado, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest odds, promotions, and boosts throughout the Stanley Cup Final. Every game of the playoffs, make sure to log in to Bet Rivers and place three $10 same game parlays to receive a free $10 bet. Claim your free Bet Rivers bet for the Game 5 matchup tonight on Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Terms and conditions apply. See site for more details. Ah, yes, tonight is Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals and potentially the last of the hockey season. Here on Rush Hour, we're ready to handicap it. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5. You can follow along on Twitter. It's uh, bittersweet, as we were talking about with Nick Elberga. Of course, we're excited for any hockey action we can get, but it's seeming the closer we get to this game, the closer we are to the conclusion of this postseason as Colorado is the heavy favorite. Now at Bet Rivers up to minus 190. They didn't start there, though. The very early opener, some spots had them as low as minus a buck fifty. Continuous steam coming toward the home team, now up to minus 190. Like we said, the puck line, well, it was plus 140. I saw it as high as plus 145 in some spots. Just refresh the page. It's at about plus 135. So more steam coming on the side of Colorado. Total at six. It's been six every game. We've seen a plethora of overs until there wasn't in the last game, but it's still at six like we said, and maybe a little bit of sentiment going to the under because the juice is that way. Minus 115 and the over is minus 104. We could do the 60-minute line. We discussed this as well. If you are on the side of Colorado, you don't want to lay the minus 190. You could look at the regular timeline three ways. It's listed at Bet Rivers. Other books call it the 60-minute line, win in regulation. Colorado now minus 113. Tampa Bay in that regards plus 250. And for this game to go to OT, you're getting plus 340. So we are invested in this series. And if you're on the same page, I'm going to tell you how I'm looking to do things. And what we did was over five and a half games played in the series at the price of minus 150. Not ideal to lay that price. But the reason we did it before it started is because we thought there was a real opportunity for Tampa Bay to win game one. Now, with that being said, if Tampa Bay were to win game one, then the odds would have gotten even steeper, right? Or we could have had patience if, we thought Colorado was for sure going to win, wait, and then jump in on it. But even though Colorado did win, it only went to minus 148. So at the end of the day, it only mattered by two cents. And even before game four, it was like over minus $2 to get over five and a half games. But I was feeling all right about it. And I was feeling all right about it until a couple minutes remaining in the third period of game four where the avalanche ended up tying the game. But Nick's right. I mean, Tampa Bay damn near played a perfect game in game four. Now, you could say they played a perfect game in Game 3 because they won 6-2, to two, but I don't want to say it was a fluke, but it was kind of one of those wonky games where everything just went wrong for Colorado after Tampa got their first goal in the net. 
But game four, you had the thought that, man, Vasilevsky was playing out of his mind. Tampa Bay was calm, cool, and collected for a majority of that game. And then you had that one little slip up. And then over time, it was all Colorado, and it was all over. You knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. So with all of that being said, you can't help but feel that the Avalanche have captured all the momentum going into game five. Tampa Bay kind of emptied the tank in game four. Yes, they had some momentum going into game four, but after all they went through, playing that perfect game, and Colorado still coming out on top, and now you're going back to Colorado with a team that needs to win the cup. Not that Tampa Bay doesn't. I mean, they've won the past two. Yes, they're just as hungry, but you have a little bit more incentive if you're Colorado, of course. That's understood. So it's hard for me to envision a path for Tampa Bay to win this game. I get the championship pedigree argument, the veterans, the experience, still the talent and the goaltending. That's been the argument all along for supporting Tampa Bay and a reason why I thought it was going to be a longer series. But I do think it comes to an end tonight, so I am no longer going to just sit on the over five and a half series or games in the series ticket. I am betting Colorado tonight, looking at it from an objective and somewhat of a hedging standpoint. I realize it's not a true hedge, but I'm not also trying to lay the minus 190, and I don't want to have a little bit more risk with the plus 135 for the puck line. So instead, I'm doing the win in regulation. And I got that at minus 108 earlier today at Bet Rivers. Like we said, it's still a pretty feasible price that you can do it at minus 113. I don't think that's too bad to look at the side of Colorado. Now, knowing how things go from time to time, watch Colorado win in overtime and we lose both bets. Well, of course, we're hoping that doesn't happen. But if you're looking from our perspective, trying to kind of hedge in a sense, I think that's a good bet. If you're looking from a I haven't bet anything, I want to get involved in this game bet. I also think that is a right play to make. You're not laying as much as minus 190, yet you're still banking on Colorado to win this game. And maybe Tampa Bay does give it all they have still for one more effort, enough to keep it within a goal. Well, then you don't have to sweat out the puck line and presumably the empty net are at the end. But this game, Colorado is the rightful favorite, and they will probably end up Stanley Cup champs when all is said and done. So count me in for the Colorado Avalanche in the 60-minute line, minus 108. I wish it could go longer. Maybe it will. But that's the bet I'm making tonight for Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Final. As for a prop, we discussed this with Nick as well. Valari Nachuskin, this guy has been an over-machine for his shots on goal prop. Two and a half is the number. The best odds I saw in Illinois were about minus 150 to the over and under was plus 120. We talk about too good to be true. How is this not too good to be true? I mean, the dude's averaging four shots on goal per game. All right, he's gone over this mark in three out of four games this series. He's got six and five respectively at home this series, and his total log goes six, five, one, and four. Now, in nine total home postseason games, he has also eclipsed two and a half shots on goal in eight out of nine games. The man has been underrated in this prop for quite some time, and especially when he's been playing at home, and despite him continuing to go over, albeit for game three in a game where they got Trump six to two, he's gone over it in every single spot. So how are we not going back to the well with Nachuskin? We've talked about him. I think the time we talked about him naturally was game three when he stayed under. We didn't bet him, but it's like there's something to keep an eye out for. And then he bounced back, got four. It's maybe your last opportunity to do so. I'm personally not going to make it an official play, but I did toss a little bit like a quarter unit on it just to get involved. But if there's a prop to really throw out there that has some legs behind it, it's got to be Nachuskin over two and a half goals, right? We've seen that trend persist. And again, if this is the last game, last opportunity for a while to take advantage of it. So Nachuskin over two and a half shots on goal, definitely a tempting angle to, uh, to approach. And honestly, what we were also kind of conversing with Nick about, you know, when you have these elimination games, it seems in every sport, your star guy steps up. The person who wins the MVP, or in this case, the Conn Smythe Trophy. Kale McCarr, one of those guys, is the favorite, minus 590. McKinnon just being the face of that team. And Alberga, Nick Alberga, had some bets going with McKinnon, right? And shots on goal, everybody loves that bet, but he's been going over that. And at any time, goal score. So if you're looking for something on the side of Colorado, Aside from the Chuskin, usually your top players step up in these games, maybe look for them to record a point, uh, get a shot on goal, whatever it may be. That's something to keep in the back of your mind as well. But the top prop I think that stands out is Nachuskin over two and a half shots on goal. And the official play we're going with tonight is Colorado 
the Avalanche to win in regulation at minus 108. Aside from our play on the ice this evening, we did have one play in baseball. Wanted to recap that before we head out here on this Friday evening. It involves the Cubbies and the Cardinals. It's going to make you sick, Cubs fans. So, uh, yeah, put those hands up to your ears and cover if you don't want to hear it. But I am fading Kyle Hendricks and putting some faith in the Cardinals offense tonight going over four and a half runs for the team total of St. Louis. Look, in their last 14 wins, they've gone over this mark in 11 of them. And I think they win tonight, but I'm not in love with the idea of trusting their pitcher and just laying that steep of a price. To take it a step further, in the recent five-game set they had at Wrigley Field, they went over four and a half runs as a team in four out of five games. Kyle Hendricks is not the same Kyle Hendricks that Cubs fans are accustomed to from 2015 and 2016. And from some highlights from time to time where the consistency lies is him just really treading in dirty water where he's 2-6, 543 ERA. He's got a 464 Sierra. And on the road, folks, it's even worse. 581 ERA, 367 Woba, and a 575 FIP. St. Louis hits okay against righties, but where they take it a step further, at home they're crushing righties with a 112 WRC+, 318 Woba, and a 724 OPS. Okay, maybe crushing wasn't the right number, but they're doing pretty well against righties, and if there's a righty they can crush, you got to think it's going to be Kyle Hendricks. So that's going to be our lone baseball play for the night. Again, I do lean St. Louis in that game, but didn't want to lay that much. You could go with the run line, but you got to trust Palante, who's kind of an unknown commodity in terms of St. Louis is pitching, but I would gravitate toward the side of the home favorite in that spot as well. But overall, again, just to say, St. Louis over four and a half team total runs is what we've got. And then in hockey tonight, we are doing the Colorado Avalanche to win in regulation minus 108. We'll see if this is the last time we're talking some puck. And if it is, well, it's been a hell of a year just like we had last year. Always love betting hockey. And uh, hey, maybe we'll throw in some futures for the next year from time to time. But we still will have plenty of baseball to talk about next week. And then we'll really be getting into the thick of it with some NFL offseason futures. Cannot wait. Enjoy your weekend. Best luck with all your plays. And until Monday, folks, take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rival. Every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2 and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.